Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The pharmacy is now open. Hey everybody, welcome to VGRX, your weekly dose of video game news and insight. My name's Britton. I'm excited about today's show, and I will tell you why in a minute, but first I want to tell you who else is here with me today. we got the regular cast of characters, Dan the Man, Yo, Zach Attack, Hey, what's up? and Scott Bot. <laughs> Close enough. Best, yeah. I, best I could do. What's up? I like that, like, your hesitation. You looked at me with hesitation. You're like, what am I going to say? Ad-libbing here. Yeah, it's the best I, like I could it. do. It's really? Okay. I think Improv. what it was is that he forgot what your name was for a second. Like, I, who I was gonna, is that guy I was going to rhyme something with Scotty, uh-huh. but all that came to mind was body. P- or potty. Scotty the body. Or Scotty the potty. It didn't really work for that me. That one so. I'm, I'm typically used to hearing about. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to oh, you. thanks, buddy. Well, hey, uh, before we get started, you went on vacation. Well, you, wait. You weren't here last week. I wasn't, and yeah. I, I missed you guys dearly, but oh. I was doing something very, very fun. Don't worry. We replaced you with someone way lower quality than you. <laughs> wow, so. thanks. Yeah, you're Although welcome. I heard the show, and Brooksy was great. Yeah, he, he was knew, great. He knew his stuff. He, yeah, did. he did. I was impressed. That was a really good episode. I had a lot of fun with it. Yes, I did as well. Talking about Dota is one of my favorite things of all time, but yeah. you were gone. Tell us a little bit about well, first, what you Well, first, I just want to say this. The reason I'm okay. excited about today's show is because for four or five episodes now, we've done kind of different things structured things we did a look back at 2017 a look mm-hmm. forward to 2018 we oh, did a true. personal episode where we talked about ourselves we've done two episodes on esports we haven't done an episode where we've just kind of talked about whatever we wanted to talk old about old basement room format with one yes. microphone i yeah. miss it oh, so man. Okay, I, we can go back to the basement mm-hmm. we can stop the episode right now <laughs> we i think we can have that experience here in this nice okay. awesome studio okay, so we'll let's do just that. do that <laughs> we'll do that but yeah i just got back from disneyland and if you guys will indulge me for a minute I'll I'll tell you a little bit about it. I am counting down it was sixty so much seconds. Fun. Give me a little more than that. Okay. How about how about ninety? Deal. Okay, let's I'll, go. I'll probably go past that. Okay, but. that's fine. <laughs> um, first of all, I just want to say the Disney magic is alive and well. Uh, I've been to Disneyland at every stage of life. I I went as a kid. Um, I went as a teenager. I went as a young married man, and I've gone now twice as, as a an father. old married man. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> With kids of my own. And there's there's something there that's fun and exciting and magical for anybody of any age, at least for me, throughout my life. And it's not just the rides. There's so many cool experiences there. There's shows. There's ad-lib shows that just happen on the side of the road. I was sitting next to a fountain, and a streetcar rolls by, and there's... Uh, like old-timey newsies, like newspaper delivery boys in the streetcar holding uh, newspapers out the window. They jump out, and they start doing a street performance, and they're singing songs from newsies and some other classic movies. It was just so much fun. 
And I'm a, I'm a sucker for musical theater, so that kind of stuff hits me hard. We saw almost a full-length uh, stage production of Frozen, which, say what you will, I like that movie, and I really like the music. So I like the movie, we too. We had fun with I'm that. I'm there with you. Air high cool. five. Cool, yeah, up top. Boom, <laughs> killing it. And then, of course, the rides are fantastic. Um, I Where had, are you waiting in tons of lines, though? We went at a good time, I think. Okay. It was uh, late January, early, early February, and we didn't wait longer than 20, 25 minutes in any line and they do something called fast pass which you're probably all familiar with but you get a ticket and you come back later and you have to wait in a much shorter line to get on the rides and it's awesome and then here's a little uh disney hack for you 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 may already know this too but uh you can get in a single rider line for most of the rides and it's just i'm riding by myself there's an extra extra seat in this roller coaster so they'll throw you on right up front so the big scary rides that no one else wanted to go on with me i went uh by myself and i was able to hop right on them one such ride, Indiana Jones, which... Uh, have you guys been to Disneyland? I've been there one Zach time. I've, I've been a few times. Has anyone been on that ride? Yes. Um, I think... I, yeah, I think I did. I can't remember. It was like two years yes. ago. Okay. It's it's a fantastic ride. It's um, that's Is that Disneyland? I thought that was Universal Studios. No, no Indiana Jones what is a I ride that's been at oh, Disneyland for a long time. Oh, I know what I'm thinking of Universal Studios. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so um, it's a great ride. It's it's kind of like you're following Indiana Jones on an, an adventure through this temple, and it sort of recreates some great moments from the film series as well. And uh, I had a cool experience on it because it shut down while I was on it. Um, we had just pulled out of the the starting area, and the ride stops moving. A couple sec- we we think okay, this happens. Sometimes they have to slow it down to help somebody on or off. And it's just sat there for like 10 minutes. And we go a little further. We get in this hallway. And again, it stops. And um, all these big floodlights came on. So I kind of got to see like a behind the scenes stuff you don't normally see parts of the ride. Because it's normally a pretty dark ride and it's atmospheric. But all these lights came on. I could see everything around me. And it was kind of a different look at it. That's not something that happens a lot at Disney. They're very careful to not let you see behind the scenes. Right. So I don't know what had happened to prompt this. But it was... It was a, a cool take on it. And then we get a little further. It starts moving again. The lights go down. We get a little further. And three or four times throughout the course of this ride, it, it stopped on us. And it was almost always at kind of cool parts. Like right as we're rolling into the area where there's darts blowing past you, it's stopping intermittently. So, I mean, I know there's no darts there, but I kind of felt like, wow, this is creepy. I, I, I Something could hit me. So it's just stopping and Because it's just going. not the kind of ride you expect. Yeah. And then we get to this part. Um, you guys are familiar with the boulder, of course. The boulder scene from of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wait, what's a boulder? It's a big rock. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> so there's this part in the ride where Indiana Jones is hanging from his whip up above the cart, kind of. And in front of you, you see this giant boulder rolling toward him and you. And we pull up in front of it like you normally do. And the cart is supposed to like go down a little um, ramp downward underneath it as it rolls towards you. It starts rolling and everything just goes black. We could see nice. nothing at all. <laughs> and this giant bowl is rolling right for us. And our car had stopped at that point. So there's like this psychological connections, phantom pain that's happening. You're like, this thing's going to take me. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of creepy. But then also, while we were frozen there, somebody took their uh, cell phone and turned the flashlight on on their cell phone, shined it up at Indiana Jones on his rope. And he's still doing his creepy animatronic movements in the pitch black. And you could see the shadows cast on the walls around him. It just made this already kind of creepy atmospheric ride that much more intense oh why didn't you record it that would have been awesome i should i should have been the guy with my phone out taking i know a, a little video of this that, but that sounds that sounds like some five nights at freddy type stuff yeah absolutely that's that's totally <laughs> the vibe it gives 
So that that ride was a unique experience. And then um, after we pulled back into the the loading unloading area, they said, "You guys want to go again?" And of <laughs> course, they sent us around again. I hesitated because I wanted to get back to my family. It had been like almost an hour at this point, <laughs> but <laughs> but I decided, yeah, of course. So we we rolled through again. There was no more stops. But it was a cool like behind the scenes look at the way some of the stuff in those rides work. Awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. Some of the big rides were shut down, unfortunately, like Splash Mountain, oh. which bummed us all well, out. Well, it, it was too you, cold. You take that risk when you go, uh, I guess, in off-season. Things yeah. just shut down. And, and they and there's often like one ride that's not in service basically any time of year. Yeah, you just have to roll the dice. There's plenty to do, though. We had so much fun. When I went in October two years ago, like... I don't think any of the rides were shut down, and there was no kids there, no lines, no nothing. October, I was like, huh? Yeah. Okay. It was fantastic. I think Wait. October is right towards the end of normal uh, theme park season. Kids are going yeah. back to school, mm-hmm. everything. And I went in they like do a deck weekday. It out. They deck it out for Halloween, though. Oh, so you I must know. have been there right before that mm-hmm. crowd right. sort of showed yeah, up, I, bet, I guess. I bet you're right. I bet it's right after Halloween is when they start to really getting the maintenance and stuff we went on the nightmare before christmas ride and it was all different from what it normally was it was awesome that's the haunted mansion right they yes. kind of retrofitted that as yeah. nightmare before christmas that's mm-hmm. cool that's cool well i won't waste any more time no, uh, you're on fine. this video game podcast bantering about <laughs> disney but hey, it was fa- disney, fantastic disney makes video games so that's i'm sure we'll, it'll be relevant even if it's hey, not relevant this episode do you guys want to talk about kingdom hearts really quick <gasps> just because it, oh yeah it makes sense right now, don't you think? The trailers it just does. dropped. Two trailers just dropped. Okay, and before we get to those trailers... We're going to pause for a second. Yeah. Well, you're going to pause for a second. Yeah. Go check those out. right here, if you if you don't want any spoilers for the trailers beforehand, that's like all we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. So yeah. pause, so go us, watch it if that's important for you. Uh, and If uh, that's yeah. important for you, you've likely seen it already. But that's this true. is a good disclaimer. We're going to give you five seconds starting now. One, two... Three, four. I mean, they've had five. Like okay, so now we're gonna talk. You know how pause works, right, Scotty? Uh, what's a what, they, what's they, a pause? Nothing. Go okay. On. Um. So, uh, let's talk about Kingdom Hearts. This yeah. is one of my favorite f- game franchises of all time. You take over here, man. Okay. Because I like it, but I think you've got this on lock. Okay. So I've been really looking closely, and speaking of Kingdom Hearts, before we really get into it, I kind of wish Brooksy was here because yeah, he is I I thought about. Having, Obsessed. I thought about recommending that we bring Brooksy on today, yeah. but we usually go a few episodes in between when Brooksy comes back. He's and busy he was here anyway. Last time. Yeah, and he's, 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 he's busy, busy today. today anyway. Um, uh, so how do I even begin this? So the uh, well, you could talk about monsters, I guess, because that's kind of the highlight of the trailer, right? Yes. For people who don't know, there's already been a couple worlds that have been announced. Tangles been one. Uh, Toy Story was in the trailer before these two. Um, uh, we know Hercules, uh, is going to be in, um, this game as well again. Hercules uh, has been in all of them, right? Yes. The Coliseum? Yes, the Coliseum. But this one seems to be taking a different turn from what the Coliseum normally is. Because at the Coliseum, you're normally just fighting waves of monster or like Heartless or Nobodies or whatever bosses but this one seems to be taking kind of a different turn we don't know too much about it um the next big one was toy story i was super hyped about that when i saw it uh all the characters look awesome and if they get like some of the original voice actors for i feel like they'd have why to. are you so loud i feel like they'd have to get the voice actors right they would have i mean to. those are big names big budget actors tom but this hanks, is this is disney who, who who else tom hanks tim allen tim allen um Who's the guy from Cheers? Uh, uh, what's Cheers? George Went, or uh, is it 
John Ratzenberger, one of those. He's no, in all of the Pixar no movies. No one knows what Cheers is. You're the only oh, one. Oh, yeah, I'm old. Because you're old, yeah. Um, and then, so Toy Story, and then we just found out that we're going to get Monster uh, Monsters, Inc. Which is awesome. So, yes, which is very awesome. Um, what is it? Is it? Oh, man. I'm going to sound like an idiot. It's Pixar, right? Monsters Inc. is Pixar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are you confusing it with? I. So it's I always, all Disney. You know that. I know it's all Disney, but I know way back when those movies came out, it wasn't Disney and Pixar. They were two separate entities. I think when Monsters came out, they, <clears throat> Disney already owned Pixar, but okay. there was a point when yeah. they just worked together. There was a point, and then everyone gets booty tickled about it if you say it wrong too. Like I don't know why, but Monsters Inc. Uh, they showed some of the. Uh, Designs for like Sora, Donald, and Goofy as monsters. Um, they look crazy. Yes, they look. I love it. They look crazy. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, they're still the characters, but they look very different. Yeah. Does it, that happen in a lot of the worlds? I guess they get like not, mermaid tails. Not when they all go of to, them. Uh, out, what's that movie? <laughs> Little, Little Mermaid. mermaid? Yeah. Shocking. You're I a dad, right? I didn't think of that. Yeah. You should know all I the Disney I could sing all princes. the songs right say, now if you wanted me to. No, please don't. But I won't. I'm begging you not <laughs> okay. to. All right, good. Um. No, but they change from different worlds to worlds. Not all of them, but a, a good chunk of them. So, like, the Toy Story one is going to be different. The Monsters, Inc. one is going to be different. But that has to do with, like, the setting they're in. So, you know, in Toy Story, they're toys. They're miniatures. So, they're made to look small. In Monster Hunter... Or Monster Hunter. Wow. You can see where yeah, my... Monster Hunter on the brain. Sorry. Yeah, I have Monster mm-hmm. Hunter on the brain. When Monster, when you're in the Monsters, Inc. world, everyone's a monster. There's no humans besides Boo, the one, yeah. the one human... Um, which that was something I wanted to kind of touch on is it looks like this is going to be taking place during um, when Boo is there during the, the actual first movie, which is usually how these worlds go, right? Not Don't all you the normally time. see like a story play out from the a part of the movie at least. Uh, for the most part, yes, but I believe they announced that Big Hero Six is going to be in the next game, and they said it's going to be a like a sequel to mm-hmm. the first that's, movie. That's what Brooksy was telling me. So completely different story from the actual movie. But for the most part, yes, they do normally take a good chunk of the movie out and place it into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I'm really excited for it. Um, Any new like gameplay hints or we saw, stuff we didn't know about the combat or mechanics? We saw Riku for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was for the first time. And I think it was the first time we saw King Mickey as well. Uh, we did see one area in the second trailer that was uh, you saw already in the second game of Kingdom Hearts, uh, and we don't really know what it has to do with the whole story, but it's a place that we've never really been to. Um, I think you go there in Birth by Sleep, but not in Kingdom Hearts 2. I haven't played every single one of the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, Where's Brooksy when you need yeah, him? Brooks has. Bro- it's his well, favorite Brooks has one left to play Does he, he hasn't played yet. I, I think that's what he told me. And I'm sure that he'll correct me when he listens to our podcast. Probably. Later, He's going to castrate me. He's going to be like, you're an idiot. Don't ever talk about Kingdom Hearts ever again. You're no fan. Well, none of us would have done any better. So yeah, this is fine. fair Did enough. we get a release date from either of these trailers? No. Uh, Still. We, I don't think this game's coming out this no, year. <laughs> no. They, they say E3, they're going to be dropping the release date. Okay. This year. And it'll likely be November, December, if it is this year. Probably holiday season, yeah. No but is okay. that is that a bad thing? We're getting Kingdom Hearts 3. Take the time supposedly. you need. Yeah, so and, just and that's end. something I wanted to touch on, actually, is that for anyone here who hasn't followed anything about Kingdom Hearts for a long time, it has been something it's like a meme. 12 years or 14 years since Kingdom Hearts 2 was uh, released. I don't think it's been that long. 
It's, it's two. Was it was a Look PS2 it up. game? It Look has it up. been that long. When did Kingdom Hearts two come out? Look it up. Okay, cool. Um, Zach left, so my sister's here doing the the yeah. looking up things for us. Um, but in in any case, it's been ages. It yes. has been a very very long time. Oh wow! Nailed December it, twenty-two, two thousand five. So yeah, since a proper we're, numbered, we're entry. twelve years out right now. Yeah, that's insane. Probably close to thirteen. So if what's it another year? This year, I don't want to talk so, about and, it anymore. And so that's why <laughs> that's why these trailers are such a big deal because yes. all we've gotten before was like three years ago, something like that. At little at things, E3, they said they showed the yeah, tower we, from Tangled. We are making Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> before that, it was just assumed that it would eventually show up. Yeah, but they had actually announced it, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we're doing it." After the fact, we're doing it. Well, I mean, that's the same to be uh, just said with. Um, Shoot, I don't remember the game right off the top of my head. It was kind of supposed to be like the successor to Shadow of the Colossus. It was like a game oh, that yeah. was teased back in E3 like for yeah, the, 15 years ago. The Last mm-hmm. Guardian. Thank you, yes. That game was in development for 10 years, I believe. Yes, it was yeah, stuck. It yeah, it, right. it was stuck in development hell for yep. sure. But it did come out. So um, crossing fingers. Uh, and that, then it, it wasn't received all that well. Let's hope that's not mm-hmm. the story with Kingdom Hearts I don't 3. think so. I think... It looks from, very promising. From everything I've seen, the combat and just all the things you can do, it looks awesome. It yeah, looks it, over the top it and looks goofy. pretty. And, and that's half the part... That's half the reason that Kingdom Hearts is good is because it's over the top, goofy, fun. Mm-hmm. And the story is amazing. Paired, so, paired with kind of the Final Fantasy yeah. nature of kind of overly complicated plots that are nonetheless engaging and interesting to exactly along. but it has disney involved in it so it's like it's fun for everyone it's fun for the people who like that final fantasy convoluted rpg stuff but it's fun for people who aren't into that stuff who like disney stories and stuff like that i'm hoping it's as a game a, for everyone i'm hoping as a very casual kingdom hearts fan mm-hmm. i can jump in and not care about the square stuff and just play through these disney worlds with I think the characters you'll. that i enjoy i think you'll be able to just fine i feel like th- they'd be smart to design the game that way because they have for if all they're the only ones. depending on fans of their game that was released 12 years ago i think that's a misstep in marketing so i, I think the and this will be la- my last point i think the the kind of the hardest thing with kingdom hearts is that when people think kingdom hearts they think kingdom hearts one and they think kingdom hearts two but there is so many more games that are tying this whole crazy story together that most some people with some really bizarre names yeah so, like some people don't even play them because they have no idea so i hope that they kind of do that with three where it doesn't feel like it's just a, a game to tie everything together it's Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, and Kingdom Hearts 3. So if people just look at those three and play them, they'll be satisfied. Yeah. So. Yeah, I we'll think see. that's the way to do it. I hope they do. We have a mm-hmm. we have we will see soon. A game that does have a release date though, as of earlier this month mm-hmm. or last month, uh, is Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. Which I mentioned when we had our looking forward to 2018 conversation. We mentioned that, it last week too. Did you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Briefly. That um this is one of my most anticipated games this year. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, it's coming out October 26th. So late in the year, which is kind of out of character for Rockstar. They usually go for like a uh, May, June date for their big releases. But this is a game, too, where you want them to take all the time necessary to get it right. Um, do you, Dan, do you, are you looking at this document as well? 
Um, no, I was looking at something else real, oh, okay. real quickly. Okay. So I, but I, I yeah, didn't, no, I'll, I'll put it up. I'll put it up. <laughs> well, I didn't, um, add these things to the document, but there's a few bullet points that kind of talk about what was yeah, announced I, alongside I think, this. I think that Zach threw these in here. And, okay. And Zach is still MIA. Uh, so he mentions a, uh, battle Royale mode, which is interesting to me because I don't know that there was multiplayer in the, the first Red Dead Redemption. But Battle Royale is all the rage these days. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that in a big open area yeah. like Red Dead Redemption's map could be awesome. And Wild West, you got dynamite, you got train tracks, you've got uh, all kinds of six shooters, horses. There's a lot of cool things you could do with a Battle Royale type game in that, mm-hmm. that scenario. Yeah. Um, they do talk a little more about Red Dead Redemption Online, which I imagine is probably something similar to what we saw with Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. I, I played a little bit of that, and oh, it, did it you? Was, yeah, I never touched Grand Theft Auto Five. What do you think of the multiplayer? Um, it was good. Okay, so I didn't dive into it very much. Uh, there's kind of two main modes, it seemed to me, and maybe there's more now. I don't know. Uh, but there was you wandering around the overworld, and it was just, you know, it was open world chaos. If someone wanted to come along and take you out and take your money, they absolutely could. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to make sure to go deposit any money that you earned when you got up to a certain amount so people wouldn't come and kill you and take your money. Uh, and then there was the mission mode where it was more like you played with just a friend or a group of friends and you go and select a mission and you'd complete that mission together. And that would be no one else is in that. As soon as you were done with that, it would drop you back in that open world with that money. And then you would have to make your way home and put that okay. money in your bank if you wanted to keep it safe, gotcha. um, which usually wasn't hard, at least yeah, the few times that I did it. So. Okay. Zach, you're back. We, we just got you. to Red Dead Redemption 2, and you added all the, the like details on so it. So we were just rambling. We didn't actually know what we were talking yeah. about. We were just throwing um, out random concepts. So I guess this is a good point. While Zach gets himself resettled and figures out where we're at, I did just see uh, something we didn't uh, talk about right before this, but uh, Paragon, made by Epic Games, got shut down, or is getting shut down. What's Paragon? Um, you know Fortnite? Yes. The company that makes Fortnite, Epic. Oh, God. Paragon. Paragon is essentially a Smite competitor, um, but they just oh, never game. they never put it all together. They never got it to stick in any configuration they put it in. So they announced that they're shutting down the servers, and they are offering a full refund to anyone who bought the game on any platform. Wow. wow. Yeah. Was That's that a imp- full release? Was that early access or something like that? I or? don't know if it quite made it to a full release. I think it did. Um, but yeah, it, it never stuck. You said so. it was a MOBA? Yeah. yeah along see, the lines of Smite. I didn't play it. It was it was not terribly popular. Yeah. Um I mean but, that's the thing with other MOBAs though. Like yeah. you But yeah. the I think the reason well, I think probably things that contribute to them being able to do that is that one, they license the Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. So they probably make bank from that. And two, they have Fortnite, which is a another battle royale game. That is competing with Player Unknown Battleground, and uh, that is growing in popularity a lot. Yeah. So, and that relates to Red Dead Redemption too, because you you put this in, and I was wondering yeah. if you had more details on this. Uh, the battle royale mode, possibly in Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah. So, um, I mean, everybody's kind of they're rumoring it. You know, all the games kind of moving towards that because it's such a popular mm-hmm. mode. Um, but it's just rumored to uh, maybe be in RDR two. Okay, um, but do yeah. you name, do you know any more about Red Dead Redemption Online? Um, no, they. I know uh, who is uh, GTA's 
uh, Rockstar? No, it's not Rockstar. It's uh, 2K. 2K. Oh, yeah. That's the, the publisher, I guess. Yeah, so they talked about how basically it's going to be... They want it to be as uh, detailed and in-depth as GTA Online, but they want it to be a completely separate game. They don't want it to be relatable. They don't want it to be like a competition for GTA Online. Well, I mean, there's no cars. There are horses. Yeah. Um, this is a huge flat landscape, unlike GTA, which is very vertical. you got mm-hmm. tall buildings and stuff like that. And, and the weapons are going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. So I think just by virtue of those yeah, things, the, it's going to be a very different experience. Yeah, but I think, they, I think they plan on them coexisting. Yeah, which is going to be smart for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because GTA and GTA Five and all GTA games really have really really long legs. They yeah. just keep selling and selling mm-hmm. and selling for years after they've released. And having these online modes that get embellished upon and like features added constantly is just going to keep those sales coming in longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're among the best selling games of all time. So yeah, if they could get uh, Red Dead Redemption to a similar place. I don't know that it could ever touch GTA numbers, but it, I think it's smart of them to try to extend the, the legs to get yeah. more sales and over I, time. And th- I think that they have a good track record as far as like, you know, AAA games that have traditionally been single player in the past. They've done a way better job at introducing online features that are enjoyable as compared to like Ubisoft that has been pretty hit or miss that way. Yeah, that's true. Um, but one thing with EA talking about uh, is microtransactions and how much money they make from it, though. I wouldn't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt. We, we did have about a whole episode on microtransactions. Yeah. So yeah. we'll try to keep this yeah. somewhat brief. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, where are we at currently with this stuff? Well, um, they're, they're bringing it back. Um, they, aren't, uh, they aren't saying how. I don't think it's going to be exactly through, you know, power-ups and game, you know, bonuses and stuff like that. Did they mention but any specific games or is this just general information? It's, it's. I mean, they're going to keep them throughout, like, all their games because, I mean, they own rights to mobile games, Battlefront 2, basically everything. In, Call the, of Duty. in the respect that they took microtransactions out of Battlefront 2, I would assume that them coming back is probably referring specifically to that. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, based uh, Scott can attest to this too. There are ways to do microtransactions better, essentially. I mean, if you're if you're letting people just buy yeah. cosmetic things, that's Overwatch. from from a gamer's perspective, not an issue. Um, there are ways to make it an issue, but there's it's there's definitely a sliding scale of what's offensive and what's not. Uh, and I guess we can hope that they decide to uh, scale it back in terms of what you are buying. Yeah, but with the money they're making off of it, there's no way they're gonna stop. Oh, for sure. You've got yeah. some numbers, some hard numbers, right? Yeah. So uh, these are sickening numbers, by yeah. the way. So EA is for continuing. a pay-to-win game. Yep. So I mean, this is across all their platforms: so mobile, PlayStation, Xbox, everything. Uh, one point two th- or 1.23 billion in profits last year. And that's total. And that's, that's total. That's everything together. Um, seven hundred eighty-seven million of that is live services, so microtransactions, and then two hundred thirty million is just in game sales. So almost what three times? Yeah, the profit in wow. microtransactions alone. So there's no way they're going to get rid of them. That is unless gross. unless the law brings them down. Which they're actually working towards, and considering it gambling for kids, right. which is illegal. Right. So that hasn't been in the news quite so much in the last couple of months. It but should be. I, I mean, that's the that's the news cycle. You if know, they can, something's interesting for a little bit, and then something else is more important, and they start talking about that. If yeah. they can throw a big enough fit to get the ESRB. Th- 
a thing and make ratings for games, why can't they ban microtransactions from games like this? Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the ESRB was actually a voluntarily set up thing by the video game industry because they knew that it would help people essentially say, oh, okay, so you have a way of regulating who's buying your games. But what sparked that was Mortal Kombat with its violence. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So, you know, whether it's a legal thing or a self-imposed restriction by the you know, game industry, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. If they just kept yeah. making remakes of Pac-Man, they probably never would have had the, you know, the whole rating system, but they didn't, you know? Right. So, and I think that with this, which is kids who are 13, 14, 15, giving money to EA to, but not really kind of understand, I feel like, it's something it's, that they should, they should make a, a bigger deal about it. And it's not just that, it's also... uh <laughs> coming at it from kind of like a brain development thing when you're younger you are more susceptible to essentially falling prey to gambling addiction and stuff like that so having that stuff present in games at that age not only are you potentially taking advantage of people who don't know what they're doing you're also potentially uh harming them harming them yeah Yeah. like that's the concern britain and and this Mm. is just an example if your kids were playing battlefront and they had your credit card and they bought a fifty dollars worth of you know loot boxes you'd be pissed yep you'd be absolutely livid sure would and my kids are smart though they would yeah do that. i know i'm using an example though but it's like you you know they wouldn't understand so you wouldn't get mad at your kids you get mad at ea for putting this bs thing in their game yeah which is exactly what gets parents and legislators fired up in the first place exactly and it's something they should get fired up it's something that should be dealt with ea is still known as one of the worst gaming companies of all time it's it's been number one for like three years in a row it was two years in a row a while back and yeah. i think it just hit one did, did they had it did recently they have it again? very okay. recently and that's what it, it it makes me very angry because mm-hmm. it's like i I you know I've been there. I have put money towards loot crates and stuff. I have as well, yeah. I have put money towards Overwatch, but that's all cosmetic stuff. That's stuff that you don't need to buy. But it's like for a game like Battlefront, you feel like you have to buy it to mm-hmm. just be equal to the person you're playing against. Which I think that's really really crappy and unfair on their part. If it was all cosmetic stuff, fine, whatever. That's that's maybe different. when they reintroduce it, it will be just that. No, we, we don't really know. They will. Not. I. Pr- promise you ea just wants a hand in the pocket yeah they, well, they clearly don't do it by their video game sales they clearly do it by doing this well what i can tell you is that uh if you want to hear more about this stuff oh my uh, gosh yeah i don't remember which episode it was it, it was, was like four or five uh, it was four or five but you I, can go back and listen to me yeah, talk about it for I like get, half an hour it sounds really crappy um, but it's still very knowledgeable yeah yeah i am um, yeah. sorry yeah, we i don't can, mean to we get can, heated about this yeah no i i I understand. My whole, me, my whole thing, though, was that Red Dead and GTA aren't going to go away. Good. Because those microtransactions are just going to keep it alive, and they probably make more profits off of that than the game itself. But it's not pay-to-win stuff. No. It, it, I mean, in a way, you can buy money, or you could buy weapons and gears and cars and stuff like that. Can, so. can you do that in GTA Five? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that that's oh, all right. like... that's. You're not ranking up. You're not getting a rank. You're you're just playing for fun to play for fun. True. In little, Battlefront, a little more playground style. Can I, than yes. can I com- give you a little insight? Please yeah. do. Have, have you played GTA Online? Shut up! I hate you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, of course I have. So I mean, jumping in as a new player, you jump in, you don't have anything, you don't want to put money towards you know buying in-game cash. Mm-hmm. So when you jump in, you're just oh yeah, I want to go fight people or you know go shoot something up. Yeah. And you get in, you get wrecked by these you know level 100 players yeah. that have spent you know hundreds of dollars on gear. It just makes it 
not it's frustrating fun. yeah yeah for sure but you know. i just think that ea is doing it a little differently than rockstar is you know yeah. They yeah. they want you to earn. Apparently, they want you to earn things and feel a sense of accomplishments. You know, right? Oh my so, god! So Zach, why I hate EA? Why well, do you think, um, considering all these things, why do you think uh, Microsoft may be interested in acquiring EA? Yeah, um, uh, I read that it is gonna boost their uh, basically their software capabilities, and then I it was a quote, but it's basically gonna make them the Netflix of video games. With access to so many third-party titles, that's a really ambitious thing. For We're not EA talking to about any themselves. kind, of, any kind of streaming stuff. What I don't, I guess I don't get the analogy. The Netflix of video games. So basically, uh, Microsoft has a pay-to-play kind of video game streaming service, and so if they bought EA, they would have access to all their titles, and they could stream that over their service. Interesting. Without any restrictions. EA must cost a lot of money. Do you guys know what they're worth? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, but I don't that know. would be a huge acquisition. Billions. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, Microsoft's gaming division at the Xbox brand is not all that successful and never really has been that successful mm-hmm. for them, but they constantly just throw money at it and dump money into it in big ways like this. Yeah, this is a rumor, but if they if they went forward with something like this, it seems kind of risky on the whole. They're a very mm-hmm. wealthy company. They have lots of money based on their other endeavors, but... Yeah. There just... was another rumor too, right, that they were maybe thinking about doing the same with Valve. So it could partially just be that they're looking to acquire large gaming studios the other concern i guess is what would that mean for the third-party presence of these games on other consoles Mm -hmm. like are we still going to see ea games go uh, you know across the board multi-platform if something like this were to happen um i I would uh, i would like to think yes well there i mean there's some precedents minecraft is owned by Microsoft now. That's still, true. It still is on all these platforms, and it's still supported on all but those that, platforms. But that is post all these platforms, though. They didn't they didn't buy it and then distribute it. It was already I mean, distributed. Uh, th- and that's true, but EA does have a very well-established presence on all these platforms. I mean, they have tons of sports games, and if sports games go away, like, what, what are you... It would, you would think that's an entire sector that's just like, where else do they have to go? And they'd probably lose a ton of money from pulling games from all the all the different consoles. Yeah, and, no, and I, I think it makes more sense to for Microsoft it. to, whatever they pick up, for them to keep those games multi-platform. Yeah, that does make more sense. Um, do you guys want to talk about Nintendo a little bit, or... When don't we, Britain? I yeah, know. of course. No, no, I'm for sorry. sure. No, I, I want I, I I to know... De- I always defer to Nintendo when I don't know what to say. It's <laughs> no. all good. I want to actually know about... You're going to be very surprised when I say this. Tell me. Uh, tell me about indie games. Really? Yes. Wait, wait. wait. Do we want to do indie games now, or do we want to do Nintendo? I want to do indie games now. I am okay. surprised to hear you say that. I, well, this, this isn't specifically Nintendo-centric stuff, though, because I've been playing a lot of indie games lately. They have all been on my Switch, of course, because that's my favorite place to play them. How much but do you mo- think your Switch is worth, besides the actual value of the Switch? Don't ask me that. Okay. <laughs> then I have to come to terms with how much money I've spent in the last Microtransactions, what, microtransactions. No, these are ga- I'm buying games. These oh, are okay, not got it. He's just buying all of the games. Pretty yes, much. I think I have like over 40 games on my Switch already. You are disgusting. And looking back at my life, I don't think there's ever been a console that I've bought that many games for in that period of time. Oh, before we, before we continue, I don't want to forget this. Um, Breath of the Wild is the best Legend of Zelda game of all time. Agreed. Okay, Moving cool. on. Cool. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, so you guys can cut me off at any time because there's a lot of indies I have. Okay, Dan, playing, what do you have to talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> That was that was good. Scott. Thank you. Let me, Thank let you. me talk it. about indie games. Yeah. So, oh, uh, cut me off <laughs> if you. Hey, Britain, talk Dan, about some indie let games. Let me fill you in on some indie games. Um, Let's do it. I want to talk about Celeste. 
okay. which is one of the more recent releases. But before I do that, I kind of want to discuss Super Meat Boy a little bit. And you'll see why as I kind of go through this. Um, Super Meat Boy came out on Switch recently. It's actually been... Was it a um, re-release or a brand new game? No, it's, this is a re-release of the original okay, Super I, Meat Boy. I know they were coming out with a brand new game. That, so. Yeah, Super Meat Boy Forever comes later this year. And okay. I think that's on all platforms. Sorry, I just want to make it clear. Meat Boy first came out on, um, I want to say, 360. And it was, it was one of their Summer of Arcade things that mm -hmm. they used to do back in the day. Yep. Believe it or not, Microsoft was kind of at the forefront of indie games back in the day, as far as console goes anyway. Uh, Steam might be an exception to that, but on consoles, Microsoft was the one that was really curating and pushing for an indie presence on home gaming consoles. Steam is kind of an exception to that, but then Steam ran into the shovelware problem of just anyone could release anything. Which that, it, they've it's hard to sift through to a that. Degree, but yeah. yeah, there's there's just so many games on that platform. It's hard to find the good stuff sometimes. Um, so Meat Boy is kind of this like tough as nails, really floaty, really precise platforming game. A rage game. Uh, kind of, but there's there's things, there's systems in place to keep it from becoming that. Like every level in no, that game. Not. No, listen, every <laughs> okay. level in that game is at max when you do it right, when you perform well, probably 30 seconds to a minute long. Mm -hmm. So when you die, you lose like no progress. There's no loading. The second your character dies, you're starting that level but again. But when you die a hundred times, yeah, you, and you lose will. a hundred minutes. And you will, but you're never like given time to think about what just happened. You're just playing again. <laughs> you never have time Man, to think that, about what you've done. That takes me back to the first time that I discovered I want to be the guy. What's it that? Is this, it's some game that, I mean, you have to go and search for it and find it on the internet, but it is a brutal platformer. It starts out, you have this level, right? And you're on the screen and you have to go back and forth and there's a whole bunch of traps that are very deadly and uh, and so you have to figure all this stuff out, right? So you go down, you finally figure out how to get down without dying. And it probably takes you six, seven, eight tries. And you go down to the next screen, and then you fall to your death. Yes. And it turns out I what you were it. supposed to do is jump up in the first screen at the very beginning to another incredibly deadly level. And like, I, So it's I, really just memorization to some extent. It's, it's memorization, but it is absolutely a game designed to be as frustrating as possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of a throwback to like, the early NES platformers that were just brutally hard. So I'm glad to hear that uh, Super Meat Boy is uh, brutally hard, but with kind of the forgiving factor of like 30 seconds. I think you have to factor that into points. games these days because we have, I hate to say it, gamers have a shorter attention span and a, a shorter fuse, less patience. Mm, when I, it comes I think to gamers with longer attention spans play different games. Maybe you're right. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I played through Meat Boy in its entirety recently, and it was cool. I liked it. Um, it's it's kind of floaty for my taste, though. It doesn't feel like weighted and grounded the way that the character moves. So you're kind of always factoring in the fact that he feels like he's on the moon rather than like a Mario game where there's like this consistent, dependable weight to Mario when he jumps and when he moves around. And then um, shortly after I finished that, I, I downloaded Celeste, which in a lot of ways is very similar but I'll tell you why it's different. It it has um, it has all that brutally hard uh, platforming, challenging stuff. But it also has a very, very charming and endearing and ultimately educational um, message to it. Uh, it's about a girl and she's climbing a mountain. A girl named Madeline. She's climbing Mount Celeste. And when you start the game, you don't really know why she's there, what her motivation is. She's just very, very determined to climb this mountain. Um, 
she meets people along the way, and almost everyone she comes into contact with discourages her in one way or another, tells her why this is impossible, why it's not going to happen. And despite it all, and despite her own doubts in herself, which are very clearly made, she keeps going. And she just, it's, it's a vendetta for her. She wants to get to the top of this mountain. And uh, like Super Meat Boy, every uh, area is kind of a screen. You could kind of compare it to the levels in Super Meat Boy. Um, every, every screen you start has a, basically its own checkpoint system. So if you die on a screen, you only go back to the beginning of that screen. You're not going back to the beginning of the mountain or the beginning of the area that you're in. So um, she has a, a very few mechanics. It's just jump. Uh, you can hold ledges and climb, or you can uh, do kind of a little short air dash to get around. And the, the platforming is awesome in its simplicity because everything revolves around getting around the environments and dealing with whatever environmental hazards they throw at you. They never throw extra mechanics that make the controls feel convoluted or intimidating. It's always very basic controls, the way she gets around. But the charm here is not so much the platforming, the level design, which is top-notch. It's very good. I actually thought it was better than Meat Boy. It's in this character's story and her drive, and you kind of come to admire her for what she's setting out to do. There's a point in the game, I'll try to be spoiler light, because it's, uh, the story is half the journey with this game, but um, something happens that is physically represented in the game, and it's kind of a mental struggle that she's having but it it, it manifests its, it manifests itself in a physical way in the game and for the rest of the game she's kind of physically coming to terms with this mental issue she's having and it factors into the way that she uh overcomes obstacles and makes her way up the mountain so it deals with some mental health issues and things like that but it does it in a very charming sincere and uh i think heartfelt way that's good um having those sorts of metaphors can be really nice sometimes, you know, come coming from the, like the mental health side of things, understanding what you're grappling with can make a huge difference. So like I have ADHD and not knowing that when I was younger could have was immensely frustrating sometimes. Cause uh, you know, it's like, how, how do I do this thing that everyone else is doing? And I just, I can't get done. And then as I've gotten older and I've, you know, gotten treatment for it, it, it's amazing the difference just knowing what it is you're grappling with does and like what it looks like, metaphorically speaking. So I think you'd find a lot to like in this game, Dan. Yeah. I know you're not crazy about platformers. I'm, I'm not, but you've, you've made a case now, so I even, maybe I'll go pick that up. Yeah, even if you were just to play it for the story, they actually have some pretty clever um, help mechanics in the game that you can elect to use or not use. Uh, and it ranges everything from like um, you can do multiple air dashes instead of one or when you fall in a pit you just bounce back out of it instead of dying so there's there's ways for anyone even if you're not into platformers or you're not good at platformers to get through the content and see the story if you want to okay how much is it i think it's 14.99 okay yeah, it might right. be 19.99 all right that's that's going on my list it's good it's awesome and then um <laughs> there's some there's some a few older indie games i wanted to talk about um but there's reason to bring them up again. Have any of you played Shovel Knight? Of course. I've watched Who, who hasn't? Who ha You've never played Shovel Knight? I've not played it. <gasps> I love that I've game. watched it, and I came to the conclusion that it looks like <clears throat> that mix of platformer and other things that just doesn't entice me that much. But it was fun to watch. It looked frustrating. It's kind of like an amalgamation of... Uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a throwback to NES games. Uh, Mega mm -hmm. Man... Zelda 2, The Has Adventure of Link. There's, there's a very heavy influence of that in it. Uh, and things like DuckTales. 
But what I wanted to bring up here, um, it's not so much the the game itself, Shovel Knight, the original release, which came back came out a few years ago, but the fact that they've done a really interesting um, post-release support for this game. Uh, there's there's a robot, not a robot boss. I'm thinking of Mega Man again. There's bosses that you fight in the game that are like the robot knights. masters from Mega Man. The the knights. They're the knight. Yeah, the knights of no quarter. I think they're yeah, called. Yeah, the knights of no corner. Yep. And you fight them all as Shovel Knight on your way through his campaign. But uh, after it came out, they announced this plan where they were going to release campaigns centered around some of these knights, and they're basically entirely new games with you know a different viewpoint, a different story, a different hub area and a different structure than Shovel Knight. So it was a really cool way to revisit the world, the art, the characters, when, without doing just, oh, here's more levels for Shovel Knight to go through. Oh, so like like new mechanics. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the oh, second new that's interesting. The second release was called Plague of Shadows, and Plague Knight is one of the, the knights that you fight as Shovel Knight in the original game. And instead of... Um, oh, I should say what Shovel Knight does first. He, he can hit with his shovel, and then he can also do like this pogo attack. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like in DuckTales, like Scrooge McDuck does in DuckTales, or Cranky Kong in Tropical Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Plague Knight was completely different. He threw potions at, at enemies. That was the way you get around, because he's kind of like this alchemist character. Yeah. And he could dash around, and he mm-hmm. could... He, so, yeah, he did, like, air stalls when he yes. threw his potions to get across pits and stuff like that. And then he has his full own upgrade system that modifies his potions, modifies the way he moves, mm-hmm. things like that. And that's that. all in the base game. That's no, a so or this is, this this the, is the first uh, DLC, which was uh, Plague, Plague of Shadows. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. then uh, another DLC came out late last year called um, Specter or Specter of Torment. Specter Knight is another one of these these uh, knights that you fight in the original game, and he gets a scythe. He has a scythe. It's awesome. He does things like surf across rails on his scythe. He does things like um, air dashes through enemies. So when you're in the air and there's an enemy nearby, a line is traced through them, and when you hit the attack button. He'll kind of dash through the enemy. It's like Fruit Ninja, but with knights. It's not like that at all. Oh. <laughs> and so all of his uh, challenges as far as enemies go, his platforming is based around these new mechanics. He can also run up walls. So there's one more um, knight that's coming out, and I think this is the last one, unfortunately, because I, I really like this concept. It'd be kind of cool if they did all of the knights. Mm-hmm. But I realize why this studio, who's a small studio, and this is their first project, would want to branch out and maybe try something different going forward. But there's another one coming uh, next month, I believe, called King of Cards. Yeah. That'll be the last one. And For I don't King know much knight. about his mechanics yet, nope. but... I just really appreciate this approach to DLC because I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like it before. And it's basically new games. And they're coming out with Amiibos. And so, there's a three-pack yes. of Amiibo coming out for the Knights that accompany Shovel Knight. Get so hyped. then to, to kind of summarize that, because I, I want to make sure I picked up on the right details here. Um, they're still platformers, but they're platformers that have different mechanics implemented? Okay. Rad- radically different mechanics. Okay. So they feel like you're playing a different game almost. But So it, it's not like... Well, what like Blizzard does, for instance, where you have uh, Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm both like pull IP from their different uh, products. Correct. No, it's not like that at all. They're very much platformers. They okay. just have a different set of mechanics, and yeah. their stories are all pretty well conceived and charming and interesting. Yeah, that's so cool. So th- there's though. reason that's to really play cool. all of them. And then yeah, along with uh, Specter Knight, the one that just came out, they um, basically released like this package you could download instead of downloading the games individually it's called treasure trove mm-hmm. and if you download that you get the three that were already released and you also get um uh king of cards when that comes out which is next month and that's about 25 dollars. so you get a, a lot price. a lot of game 
for your money. Yeah, you, you'll think you'll think at least I don't ten fifteen hours into Shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe I'd a say. More. Yeah. I mean, there's there's optional things. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff you can spend your time doing. There's Hidden a huge stuff. upgrade system where yes. you can unlock different armor, different uh, uses for your weapon, things like that. Did you play a lot of that, Scott? I did. Yeah, I beat okay. the game. It was okay. a lot of fun. Did, you didn't touch the other ones yet. I have not. No, I haven't They're had a cool. chance. You should look into it. I would. I want to buy the amiibos and open them, but I wouldn't do that because I'm not a dirty amiibo opener. You know I will. I, know I already have will. my open shovel knight amiibo on my shelf. The <laughs> other three are gonna look great next to them. <laughs> Yeah, they're what? toys, man. You got to play with they're the toys. They're not toys. Oh. They're collector's items. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> get it right. What else do we got on the docket? We got uh, a little bit of time. I mean, I mean, I could tell you about a few more indie titles if you want. Uh, Yeah, go go, uh, go two or three. How's do that sound? That's cool. Do you guys like um, A Link to the Past? A Never Legend heard of it. Zelda, Move on. A Link to the Past. <laughs> yes, of course. Do you? I, I like Link to the Past. I liked, uh, It's my favorite. Well, I like, uh, Link- Zelda 2's up there, but it's one of my favorite Zelda <laughs> games. Um, there are a lot of those Zelda games that are like the, the like top down Game Boy, Nintendo, uh, whatever. A lot of those I've played a bit of, and so I always mix them all up. This in my is the head. Super Nintendo one. This is yeah. essentially Zelda three came out. Yeah, I, I don't think I've SNES. played a lot of that, but I've probably okay. have you ever played it. Link Between Worlds, where like you can go into walls and stuff. I yeah, have. It's, it's the it's same great. game. It's it's an, it's a different, successor. but it's the same kind of map. Yeah, um, yep. It's actually it might be the exact same map layout. That's a good, it is. It's the same world yeah. map. Yep. Same exact world map. a little map. bit of that one. So, it's like that. So this game... Ooh, this, ooh, calm down. Sorry, I got Jeez. excited there. This game, came the out, <laughs> this game came out recently called uh, Blossom Tales. Yes. And it's very much a love letter to that game. Not that style of game, that game specifically. It's about this girl who becomes a knight and goes on an adventure, similar to what Link did in that game. And every aspect from the visuals to the mechanics to the way items are rolled out to the way puzzle solving works is a very, very direct homage to A Link to the Past. So if you like that game, it's worth checking out. It's well made. Um, it, it couches the whole game in sort of this Princess Bride style setup where a grandpa has his two grandkids um, by the fire and he's telling them a story. They're like, Grandpa, Grandpa, tell us a story. And he actually starts out by saying, did I ever tell you about the boy in Hyrule? So they they, they do not shy away from referencing Zelda. But then he goes on to start this story, the story of this girl um, who becomes a knight. And it plays out a lot like Zelda. I, I played through the first two dungeons, and I liked what I played, but there's a lot of stuff coming out, and I got pulled away from it. But if you like that kind of game, it's totally worth checking out. Good uh, to know. Yeah, totally. And then I'll talk about one more indie game, because there's a lot on this list. Uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I played a little bit of that game. Yeah, I remember this recommending was, it to you on PC. Yeah, this is back. a few months ago. Uh, quite a few months ago, probably. It now. was a while back, yeah. Um, yeah, Britain recommended Crypt of the Necrodancer to me. So it's this. It's a rhythm game. Yep. It is a rhythm game. So, yep. so there's a beat in the level, and you move to the beat. Yeah, you see this constant almost metronome at the bottom of right. the screen that keeps time with whatever track is playing and, on that and level. And you're moving around in just like a regular grid in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, depending on how fast the song is, you have to make decisions at different rates. Like, at the beginning, it's about one per second, something like that. 
Um, and you can decide not to move on some of them, and like you'll take like a penalty of some sort. But it's, it's right. not a I big mean, deal. If you, you have move, some flexibility, if you move or take an action on the beats consistently, a uh, multiplier goes up that right. leads to more uh, gold drops that you use to upgrade your character. But it, otherwise, it's like a it's it's basically a dungeon crawler. I mean, you're you're walking around, you're looking for treasure, you're fighting things, and mm-hmm. you're looking. I think for the next level, like a, a ladder or staircase yep. or whatever. A way down. It's actually very much. It's a roguelike, and it's very much mm-hmm. like the original rogue. Um, what a lot of roguelikes don't do is the one-for-one movement thing. And that's what a lot of roguelike purists will tell you is important mm-hmm. to rogue. So in this game, it's essentially turn-based, but you're moving in real time. Every time you take an action, the all the enemies on the screen get to take an action as well. Right. And since you're doing that to a beat, it gets very hectic because you have to keep that pace if you want to keep your multiplier going. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game. I, I definitely would recommend it. Um, why is it on the list again? Because it just curiosity. came out on Switch. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm playing it again. Could you uh, could you talk about Faye or Fee? Oh, you know what? I don't know much more about that. The reason mm-hmm. it's on this list is because there was some news about the studio behind Fee. Um, we actually incorrectly, or I incorrectly said when we originally talked about this, that this was an EA game. And EA is publishing it, like we talked about, okay. but it's not an EA studio developing it. It's a small studio, I think they're in Sweden, called Zoink. Okay. And uh, a lot of people have their eyes on Fee. I, I, I heard on a podcast that that is the way it's pronounced. Fee. fee. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's uh, spelled like like the chemical symbol for iron. Right. F-E. It's just F-E. <laughs> okay, fee. Dan. So Smart I don't have any more details on that game, but um, the studio behind it, which looks to be a pretty darn talented, talented studio, is um, joining forces with Image and Form, which is the studio behind the Steam World series. They've been around a long time. They've made, I think, four games in that series now. And I've played both of the SteamWorld Dig games and enjoyed them immensely. SteamWorld Dig 2 just came out last year, and it is fantastic. So I've had my eye on this studio, specifically Image and Form, since I played SteamWorld Dig 2. And uh, the fact that they are now kind of joining forces with another very capable studio and sharing resources could mean really cool things down the road from both of them. So I'll probably check out Fee, too, when that comes out. That's like a, I think it's a February release. I think it's very soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it. So. Yeah. It looks good. Um, I guess, so we've mentioned Nintendo a few times in the last couple of minutes. Uh, Nintendo has some cool sales numbers here. If Exciting you want to go over them a little bit, Britain. Yeah, really. Um, so at the end of December, uh, the Nintendo Switch had hit 14.8 million units sold, which is nine months. And those are kind of staggering numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I, I couldn't tell you, like, I couldn't give you references on this, but I've read things to the effect of it is uh, it has outpaced pretty much every other console in terms of um, mm-hmm. speed of sales. Yeah, at, in at least partially, you know, in, in certain countries or yes. by certain measures or whatever. And we're coming up on that first year here, released at the beginning of March uh, last year. Yep, yeah, but it is it has surpassed Wii, it has surpassed uh, PS2 and PS4 in terms of speed of sales. So I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we don't know that that momentum is going to continue indefinitely. We don't know if that means ultimately it's going to, you know, surpass the lifetime sales of these systems. And a lot of that depends on whether they have more uh, big ticket titles, like they did last year with Zelda. We know and they're Mario coming. We just, we that. just don't know if they're this year. Right. Like those are on the docket officially. They're announced. We just don't know when. When Pokemon hits, we know. Yeah. There's a huge bump coming. Yep. And if they can maintain this momentum, it's on track to do some amazing things. Labo's coming, Scotty. Labo. What's boxes? You in? <laughs> no. No? Well, I have kids, so I'm definitely going to get it. It looks I mean, like yeah. fun to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Meh. Um, I have some news here. I don't want to hit boxes. Is this breaking news? Is this like right um, now? I don't know how you guys would feel about it, but QuakeCon is returning. Yeah, I don't care. Moving on. Did it take a break <laughs> or something? Uh, apparently, but okay. it's returning in August. They realized they're like doubling in size. They're realizing they're like, man, we haven't came out of the game in like five years. Maybe we should bring yeah. back this con and announce something. Yeah. So they're doubling their land size. They're having uh, events, um, all kinds of stuff going on. That's cool. Where is it? Uh, I don't know, actually. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, I know, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great information here. Uh, bef- before we jump away from Nintendo, there's a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Um, Mario Kart Tour. They've announced their next mobile game. Uh, there's three or four now, I want to say. Um, Mitomo was the first one that actually just got shut down. Uh, so it ran for about two years. It was more of like a social networking experiment than it was a game. Mm-hmm. And it seemed somewhat popular at the beginning, but it never really caught on. It was never making them a lot of money, so that one's been shut down. Uh, then they released Super Mario Run. I think that was the next one. That yeah. was the next one, and that was a basically a pay-up-front, and you own it kind of model. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really seemed like they were testing the waters with different approaches to mobile releases, and that did all right for them, too. I don't think it, I don't think it made them a ton of money. After that was Animal Crossing, right? Yeah, Animal Crossing is the most recent one. That just came out last... What did we miss? Oh, yes, Fire Emblem Heroes. Oh, yeah. Dan, you played a little bit of that. I did play some Fire Emblem yeah, Heroes. I, I'm actually... I still follow the, the game a little bit, even though I don't play it. And it's... I mean, it's it's a mobile gacha game, but yeah. it's fun. It has the Fire Emblem mechanics. I think so. that one has actually been the most lucrative for them. Yeah. And I think it's been the best supported post-release as I mean, well. it, I think it has more game to it than the rest of them, too. So that's part of what helps. Yeah. So the next one on the docket for sometime this year, I don't think we have a date, is Mario Kart Tour. It is a, um, a mobile Mario Kart game. So, I mean, we could speculate a bit, but I, I, I'm curious how this is going to make its way onto mobile, um, both in terms of pricing and in terms of controls. Yeah. I, think, I feel like tilt controls is probably the most obvious assertion, but... Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. And then, I, I would prefer personally for it to be a game that you buy and own rather than something filled with microtransactions. Mm-hmm. They have officially said it's going to be free to start. It's okay. a pretty common term. So yeah. there's almost certainly microtransactions, but we don't know if that's you're buying tracks or if that's you are paying for some kind of coin you need to enter in right. races or something like that. It's hard to say. Okay. It's a cool idea. Um, Mario Kart is one of their more, more successful uh, mainstream franchises, Nintendo's. So it seems mm-hmm. like it could stand to make them a good amount of money on mobile. And, you know, it makes sense that they would pick this as their next release. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. That It seems like a logical attempt anyway. Yep, yep. And then uh, this actually was announced a few weeks ago, but um, we've never really, I don't think we've talked about it on the show, the Mario movie that is being, that's in development. <laughs> is it? I don't. Never mind. I'm not gonna say anything. So, what? Just, no. I was gonna say, is it gonna be as good as the uh, original Mario movie? That joke's been made a billion times. I know. Uh, it's not live action. Thank goodness. Oh, it's not. Wow. <laughs> no, this is an animated movie, and it's is an anime. I said animated CG. Oh, what do you want from me? Scott was about to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Dan Mar- would binge it together. Mario anime. Oh, yeah. I actually really like the sound of that. No, that could be fun. No. no. It they, just, they have let's other go. <laughs> Pulls out a giant sword. It's pretty good. Energy <laughs> blast from his hands. This is some Dragon Ball Z type Mario. stuff. I am so down for that. <laughs> Mario! <laughs> so it's being, uh, it's being made at Universal Studios by Illumination. And 
Say what you will about Illumination, but they're, they make a lot of money. These are hugely successful movies. I haven't seen any of them that I can think of. They've made the Minions movies, Despicable oh, Me. Yep. Do you want to know another movie that They've was announced? They've made Sing. That they made. The Secret Life of Pets. No, no, no. This is, this is a video game movie that looked amazing. It had a trailer. The Spy Cooper movie. Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper, yeah. That came out. They made no, a movie? No, it didn't. People didn't like it. It did not come out. Am I thinking of Ratchet and Clank? You are thinking of Ratchet and Clank. Okay, okay. Sly Cooper, they had a trailer for it. it lo- I'll show you. It looked amazing. Who Was it the studio? I don't remember. Oh, okay, gotcha. It was like, it was like a trailer that came out probably about six years ago. Okay. Thank so, you. That would have been amazing. <laughs> it would have fu- been. I would have funded that myself. The trailer looks amazing, too. It's like really well done. Oh, man. Yeah. So, well, we don't know... Um, how this is going to look when it finally comes together. Uh, I do have a little uh, excerpt from an interview with Miyamoto because he is executive producing this project, which... Oh, now I believe it in a little bit more. I mean, I don't feel great about the studio behind it. And part of that's just that I haven't seen any of these movies, but they all seem like really slapsticky, stupid movies. (laughs) I could be wrong. Have have you guys seen Despicable Me or Minions? I fell asleep. I have have seen Despicable Me and 2 and Minions. They're, uh, They're... Better than they look. Are they? The you yeah. enjoyed them? I, I did enjoy them. Are they like that really smart, hip, snarky kind of comedy that is in all no. kids programming these days? I mean, it, to some degree, but it's it doesn't feel like forced that way. Okay. I know there are some things that feel that way, but it... Okay. Yeah, no, it was good. So this is a quote from um, a recent investor Q&A from Miyamoto when he was asked about why they chose to team up with Illumination and Universal specifically They're for really project. good at kids' movies? Well, there's got to be more to it than that, right? He says, I've been considering an animated film for many years now. There's long been talk that Nintendo could make a movie because making a game is like making a movie. But they are completely different to me. So clearly he wasn't interested in like helming this thing himself. Interactive experiences are completely different from non-interactive media. And to make Mm -hmm. a movie, I want a film expert to do the work. Thinking that way, I've talked with all sorts of different movie directors and producers, and eventually I was introduced to Illumination via Universal Parks and Resorts, with whom we are developing theme park attractions. We've never mentioned this on the show either, but um, Super Nintendo World is coming to Universal Japan in Tokyo. Yeah. They're shooting for 2020. And I mean, that's that's been a thing that we've been aware of for a while now, right? I mean, that wasn't a recent announcement. Right, yeah, so that was announced at, at least a here. year ago. But it, I mean, it makes sense that at some point, um, they would c- at least consider Universal to team with for the movie. Yeah. He says, uh, as as a producer, Chris Melandry, which is the CEO of Illumination, is noted here for movies like Minions and Sing. But he... <laughs> so confused. <laughs> but he is a veteran with a ton of experience, including movies like Ice Age and stints with companies like 20th Century Fox and Animation. Uh, when I talked with Chris, he said he had read a lot of interviews with me and felt we had a similar approach to creation. Talking about our similarities, we clicked and decided maybe we could do some kind of collaboration. Oh, cool. So um, it I'm sounds looking... like he has faith in this particular director, in his vision for the movie in the studio, and his direct involvement gives me faith in it, too. Yeah. That well, it'll that's good. turn I'm out to be something to cool. Um, well, uh, well, I guess we'll come out with more information when it comes out. Yeah. If it comes out. We'll all go see it together. We'll do a live no. reactions right afterwards. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. Fine. Yeah, I'm not going to well, see it Well, in the meantime, you. we're uh, we're coming to a close, I think, right now. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to just throw in a quick plug. Uh, I had my first streaming experience this last Monday. I had a few people come watch. It was a lot of fun. I think some of those, uh, some of those viewers also listen to the podcast. So thank you guys again. Um, I'm going to give that another go this next Monday. So I'll join you. Stop in. Scott, Scott will join me. I think we're going to continue our civilization game. Oh, please. And where can you find us at? Uh, 
Oh well, yeah, so we're you, not. Oh, well that mm. that one's on my personal stream. Uh, we're working on getting the uh, the VGRX podcast Twitch stream set up so that it'll host me, and you can watch you can watch me there or on my stream or whatever. Yeah, easy peasy. Cool. And then find us on Facebook and YouTube's. And that's video, that's where things go video up. Video game at. pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. What else, Zach? You know all the social uh, medias. Yeah, you made just, them all. Just find us at video game pharmacy on all the social media. <laughs> That's easy. Okay. easy peasy. Keep it simple. You want to you right. keep it simple. Find us on <laughs> Tumblr, on MySpace, all the social media. You know how it is. Foursquare. Foursquare. Yeah. Stop. Okay. AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're done. Okay. Thank yeah. you guys so much for listening. As always, thank mm-hmm. you to Britain. Thanks, guys. Zach. Thanks to NWCZ Radio. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dan. That's me. And then, of course, to NWCZ Radio for letting us use their studio. As always, guys, we will see you next week. Bye, bye See you later. The pharmacy is now closed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.